One of the main jobs of our rational brain is to justify the decisions of our emotional brain. Now, as product managers, the decision that interests us the most is people deciding to buy our product. And that means we need to understand how to make our product, our positioning, and our marketing appeal to our prospect's emotional brain. Luckily, there are a lot of ways people can make an emotional connection to your product. One of the best is by hearing that it will help address their personal goals. Now, they need to hear that not from you directly, but from other customers via emotionally engaging quotes and stories. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about how you do that. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode 117 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. In this episode, I'm talking about personal goals, why stories of your customers having achieved personal goals due to your product are among the most powerful tools you have for improving your product sales, and how to get those stories. You can find extensive notes for this show, including links to three books I recommend related to personal goals and links to other related episodes and articles at secretsofpm.com slash 117. So stories about your customers achieving personal goals are emotionally compelling, but in my experience, business software product managers and marketers have shied away from squishy emotional things in their marketing, like personal goals. Now, this has always surprised me, but I think I understand the reason. A lot of us in the software world are what I call technologists. We have an engineer's bent. In fact, lots of product managers are formerly engineers, and so they've been trained to be very rational and not very emotional. Now, Alan Cooper, I'll talk a little bit more about him later, calls us homo logicus. We love rationality and we expect our customers to make rational decisions just as we think we do. We think business people, our prospects, are interested in achieving business goals and typically nothing else. We think they're driven by rational decision-making and therefore not only do you have to emphasize how your product will provide concrete, rational business value, but you need to avoid talking about soft subjects like personal goals at all because that's not rational stuff. Well, the reality is this is a misguided way of thinking. Good salespeople and good marketers have always understood that this view of rational buyers is not correct. In fact, there's an old sales adage, people don't buy products, they buy people, which sort of starts to get to the heart of this idea. Now, it's also been proven in research by social scientists such as Robert Cialdini, whose book Influence is one of the most powerful tools a marketer can have in their arsenal, that people make decisions emotionally, or there's a lot of emotion in there. In fact, what I call the fundamental law of persuasion, which applies to selling as well as many other situations, is we make decisions emotionally, then justify them rationally. It's not really 100% accurate, it's more of a rule of thumb, but it will stand you in good stead to keep that in mind. Now the bottom line is, buyers are not purely rational, they have emotions, and their emotional selves must make the commitment to your product before their rational selves. So, what are personal goals? Well, personal goals contrast with business goals and practical goals. A business goal is something like improve sales by 10%. A practical goal is complete this business process 50% faster with no errors. The term personal goals comes from Alan Cooper's The Inmates Are Running the Asylum, one of the canonical books on user experience and interaction design. Definitely one you should have in your library, and I do have a link to that book 
as well as the other books I've mentioned in the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 117. Alan Cooper describes personal goals as follows, using his friend Ted and his new TV as an example. So Ted had gotten a new TV and tried to set it up without much luck. And here's what Alan Cooper says about that. But we must never forget that Ted is a person, and as such, he has strong personal feelings that can also be expressed as goals. Ted does not want his new possession to humiliate him. He does not want to be made to feel stupid. Ted does not want to make mistakes. He wants to have a feeling of accomplishment. The sooner the better. He wants to have some fun. These personal goals are vital. From an interaction designer's point of view, they are more important than Ted's practical goals. So his practical goals would be being able to turn the TV on, for example. So personal goals usually transcend the specifics of the product itself. They're about the customer or the user, not about the product at all. As Cooper points out, they're often related to avoiding negative outcomes, but they can also be about achieving good outcomes. So how does this personal goals idea play out in actually marketing a product? Well, one of the buzzwords in marketing is social proof. This means having a peer of the prospect recommend your product. You can think about Amazon reviews or just having somebody tell you that there's this new product that they liked and you being more likely to buy it in that case. Because we're technologists, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of social proof that you see in marketing for software is something like, your product helped me improve my sales by 10%. But remember, improving sales is a business goal. It's a concrete, rational achievement. And it's not emotionally exciting to most people. Even the people who are really directly responsible for that, to the degree they're excited by improving sales by 10%, it's for other reasons. By increasing sales, it's likely that this customer achieved a personal goal as well. For example, maybe they got a promotion. Behind that sales increased by 10%, there's likely to be a much more compelling and emotionally engaging story. So compare the previous quote to this one. I got a promotion to sales director by using your product because our sales went up so much. And that's what you want for social proof. That's a personal story. That's somebody achieving a goal, which is to get a promotion, probably making a little bit more money, building up his own reputation or her reputation. So let me give you a few real world examples. And one of my favorites came up when I interviewed a client's customer. He said, now I wake up in the morning without dreading my day. Waking up without fear is an emotionally compelling personal goal. If you have a customer who attributes better sleep to your product, especially if your product has nothing to do with sleep, make sure your prospects hear about it. And that quote is now on the client's website. Another client's customer said, everyone from management to sales looks at our group as experts now because of your product. Who doesn't have a personal goal to be and to look like and be perceived as an expert? If your product helps people be experts and helps their peers see them as experts, make sure your prospects know that and make sure they know it in the words of your customers. This social proof can go right on your website and it should be near the top of the first page, ideally. Don't put it on a customer stories page. I mean, you can put it there, but don't bury it there. Make sure that the key quotes show up sooner because that's when people are going to start to get engaged emotionally with your product. You can also use this kind of social proof in your sales materials and in your sales presentations and in your demos, in your qualification questions, in your discovery questions. It's applicable throughout the sales process and will help move prospects through the sales process and even into your sales funnel in the first place. 
So I'm sure you're sold on personal goals now. The next question is, how do you get these stories? Well, you need to talk to your existing customers and guide them to share how your product addressed their personal goals. Unfortunately, you can't just ask them, did you achieve any personal goals with our product? But if your customers are having success with your product, they will have some good stories. Generally, if they're achieving a business benefit, there will be some personal goals achieved as well. So that's a good place to start. And here are some good lines of questioning you can try out. So first of all, did they have low expectations from having used other products or trying other solutions and your product exceeded those greatly? That's often a really great source for personal goals being achieved because they were very frustrated before with the other product and then they found you and the product worked really well and their frustration went away. And of course, not being frustrated is a very common personal goal. Was there a problem with personal impact that your product eliminated? A typical example that I often use, they couldn't get to their kids' baseball and soccer games because they had to work late every day until your product made them much more efficient and now they catch every game. Or, did they have a bad experience with a competitive product that your product solved? The quote here might be, after tearing my hair out every month when we close the books with our old product, I just have to click a button with Acme Financials, and I'm not losing my hair anymore. You want to listen for when they talk about their success with your product in personal terms. Things like, now I sleep better at night, or my stress level is much lower now. And you can follow up those statements with additional queries to find out exactly how that was impacted. For example, if they say, now I sleep better at night, you might say, oh, tell me more about that. Or what was keeping you up before in detail? Or you want to get some good details there if you can. Another area to explore, did their reputation or standing in the company change after they implemented your product? I mentioned the quote earlier about people being considered experts. And of course, Eliminating annoying and tedious work is always a great result as well because everyone has the personal goals of not having to do stupid stuff. Here's a quote. Your product saved our department a lot of time and headaches by eliminating most of the tedious manual tasks associated with our old process. So the biggest challenge is that you may feel that you can't get permission to use these stories and attribute them to real people. Well, it's obviously a challenge to get the stories in the first place, but once you do get the stories, the next challenge is how do you use them? And attributing them to real people can be a big issue, but there are ways around it. First of all, make sure you ask the customer if you can use their quote. Sometimes they say yes. You won't get permission if you don't ask, and it turns out that a lot of people wouldn't mind having their name in lights or virtual lights, especially if you addressed a big personal goal for them. Now, if you can't get permission after asking, it's perfectly reasonable to put a paraphrase on your site, like if you're doing this for marketing or whatever, or even the real quote, you can put the real quote on the site, but with a non-specific attribution. That is, instead of attributing it to Joe Blow, project manager at Acme Industries, you say, Joe B, a very happy user at a large consumer product company. You can even add, Call us for more information about how our product changed Joe's life. The point is, if they said it, that's great. You don't have to necessarily say who it was exactly that said it. You just have to say that somebody said it. And it needs, obviously, to be something that somebody actually said if you're going to put that quote up. So here are three things you can start doing today to start using the ideas I've talked about in this episode. First, whenever you talk to a customer, 
try to elicit some thoughts about how your product has helped them satisfy personal goals, from being less annoyed by their work to being more praised by their peers. You can use the list of points that I just shared as a guideline for your questions. I also recommend searching through your existing customer success stories and the interviews that back them up to see if you can find the quotes that represent personal successes for the speaker and not just the achievement of business goals. When I read customer success stories, a lot of them as they're published on the web or wherever, I know there are quotes that are not in there that are about personal goals being achieved because so many high-tech marketers and product managers have this ethos of only rational stuff, not squishy emotional stuff, which is misguided, understandable, but misguided. And I'm sure that in many of those interviews, there is some stuff about personal goals that you could get. And even if they weren't in the original interviews, you might be able to go back to those customers and say, oh, tell me more about this and how that addressed some personal issue using, again, the set of questions I listed up before. Finally, number three, work with your marketing department to start using these personal goal quotes on your website as social proof for your product. You can use A-B testing to confirm that they create more engagement than what you might have there already. I'm confident that it will, but of course, it's worth testing. So, in closing, in this episode, we explored stories about our customers achieving personal goals with our products, why it's important to have those stories, and how they help us get prospects into our funnels and move them along the sales process. Now, stories of personal goals achieved is just one component of a complete go-to-market strategy. I've covered a lot of this before in podcast episodes and articles. For more information and for links to some of those, check out secretsofpm.com slash 117. I have blog posts and episodes on go-to-market. I'm going to link to three books with great ideas for increasing engagement. I mentioned two of them. The Inmates Are Running the Asylum and Influence, and there's a great book by Dan Pink called To Sell Us Human. And those also mention some of the research that backs up this idea of using social proof, engaging emotional social proof to appeal to the emotional needs of your prospects. I hope you found this information useful and can start putting these ideas into action immediately. It's often much easier and usually much faster to increase your sales by improving your go-to-market, that is how you talk about your product to leads and prospects, than by adding features to your product. And these kinds of emotionally engaging stories are a great way to improve your go-to-market. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Secrets of Product Management podcast on your podcast system of choice. You can use iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or any of a number of other systems. And I would love it if you could give me a review on iTunes or to star the episode in your player or to heart it on Spotify, whatever you might be using. Subscriptions and ratings help other product managers and product people find the podcast. And it also makes me a little happier as well. Gives me a, helps me achieve a personal goal. I might even read your review in an upcoming episode if it's really good. Even if it's not that good, I might read it. If you have comments, questions, or complaints about this episode or the podcast, you can leave a comment on the show page or reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'll get back to you immediately. I respond to every comment and question, and that link, again, is secretsofpm.com slash 117. And until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.